0: This is Masechet Megilad, Daf Kafkimil. We're beginning on Kafkimil, Amud Aleph, on the first line of the Amud. Byom Tov Chamishab Yom Kippurim Shishad, discussing the number of aliyot that are read on various days of the year. On holidays, it's five. On Yom Kippurim, it is six. Matnitin Mani, the Gemara asks, whose opinion is is followed in our Mishnah. Lo Rabbi Shmuel, lo Rabbi Akiva. It doesn't follow Rabbi Shmuel. It doesn't follow Rabbi Akiva. The as we learned in a bright. Yom Tov, Hamisha, on Yom Kipur, Shabbat Shiva, and Pochatim menven mostifin dever Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel says that on Yom Tov there are five Aliot, and on Yom Kippur six, on Shabbat seven, which is exactly what we said. However, he says in Pochatim ven mostifin you can never subtract or add to those Aliot according to Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Akiva, um, Rabbi Yom Tov Hamisha, or Yom Shiva, um, Shabbat Shisha. Rabbi Akiva switches around Shabbat and Yom Kippurim. He has five for Yom Tov, but he has seven for Yom Kippur and six for Shabbat. in And you can't have less, but you could have more. That fits with our Mishnah, but the number of Aliyot on the respective days does not. If it's Rabbi Shmael our Mishnah, then the, there's a difficulty with the adding of Aliyot, which Rabbi Shmael never allows. If it's Rabbi Akiva, well, the problem is six and seven, because according to our Mishnah, There are six aliyot on Yom Kippur and seven on Shabbat. And according to Rabbi Akivat, it's the opposite. It's actually the yeshiva of Rabbi Yishmael, not Rabbi Yishmael himself. The the Devei Rabbi Shmail because the yishav 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 of Rabi Ishmael taught Yom Tov Hamishav Yom Kippur Shabbat 7 exactly as we have in our Mishnah and as Rabbi Ishmael said above that there are 5 aliyot on Yom Tov 6 on Yom Kippur 7 on Shabbat in pochatim hen aval musifim alayhen d'Rabi Ishmael but you can add to them according to Rabbi Ishmael that that's these are the words of Rabbi Ishmael kashder Rabi Ishmael d'Rabi Ishmael of course it seems to be a contradiction Ah, uh, between Rabbi Ishmael that we saw above, who said you cannot add aliyot, and the one here who says you can. Clearly it must be two different tanaim reporting the opinion of Rabbi Ishmael, and the halacha follows the Rabbi Ishmael that is found in this braita, that you can indeed add to those aliyot. Man alahad Who is the author of the following braita? Yom Tov, ma'arin lavo, ma'arin lazet. Yom Kippurim, ma'arin lavo, ma'arin lazet. Shabbat lavo, ma'arin On Yom Tov, people come late to the synagogue, but they leave early. On on Yom Kippurim, they come early and they leave late. On Shabbat, they come early and they leave early. Okay, Rashi says that on Shabbat, the reason why they come early is because everything's already... On Yom Tov, the reason why they, they come late is because they might be preparing some of the matters for their meal before they leave for synagogue in the morning, and they leave quickly because they want to get home to the meal. On Shabbat, they come early because there's nothing to do in the morning. In terms of melachot, they're not allowed to do anything, it being Shabbat. And they leave early because they want to enjoy Shabbat on Yom Kippurim. They come early because there's obviously nothing to do, and they leave late because there's nothing to do at home either. There's no meal or anything like that on Yom Kippurim either. So the question is, whose opinion is this? Maybe this is Rabbi Akiva who has an extra aliyah on Yom Kippur, so he's saying that it's a, the synagogue runs a little bit later. Because uh, on Shabbat there's only 6 aliyot, that's why you leave earlier, on Yom Kippurim there are 7 you leave later. No, Afiliyotim Rabbi Ishmael, it could be Rabbi Yishmael, also because It's not about the one extra aliyah or one less aliyah that Yom Kippurim has, it's about the longer tefillah in general that extends for a long time and takes a long time and therefore Yom Kippur is longer. What do these 3, 5 and 7 aliyot uh, correspond to? The um, Peli Giba Rabbi Tzach Bar Nachmani uchad di mei umanu Rabbi Shimon Ben Pazi v'amilah Rab Shimon Ben Pazi uchad di mei umanu Rabbi Tzach Bar Nachmani. Some say it was Rabbi Tzach Bar Nachmani and one of his friends, namely Rabbi Shimon Ben Pazi. Some say it was Rabbi Shimon Ben Pazi and one of his friends, Rabbi Tzach Bar Nachmani. V'amilah uh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Nachmani, and some say no, it was Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani. Either way, the there was a machloket. What is the source of these? Uh The three, five, and seven aliyot. The three for weekday, five for holidays, and seven for Shabbat. Chad Amar Keneged Birkat Konim. One says it corresponds to Birkat Konim. The first pasuk, the first verse of Birkat Konim is three words. Second one is five words. Third one is seven words. Chad Amar Keneged Shoshah Shomrei Asaf. Chamisha Meromei Pnei Melech Shiv'a Roi Pnei Melech. The other one says, no, the three are the three people who guard the Shomrei Asaf, the guards of the king's chamber. The five are those who... uh who see the face of the king, and the seven uh, who see the face of the king. So we see that the, uh, she quotes from um, from the uh, from the Megillat Esther that there were uh, there were seven people uh, who were in the close quarters of the king, and of those there were five particularly close. So there's five particularly close, seven close, and there are three who guard the uh, chamber itself. That we learn about in the end of Sefer M'lachim, as Rashi explains. So Rav Yosef said the same thing that uh, the three represent those who guard the chamber of the king, five are very close to the king, seven are also part of the close um, uh, court of the king. And uh, in other words, the idea is to make the Torah kind of an, a matter of malchut, a matter of uh, uh, something regal, something royal, that has this high status that we have a sort of a hint to um, to the royal court in the way that the Torah is read. Why did you never explain this to me before, Rav Yosef? Rav Yosef was the teacher of Abaye. Why did you never explain to me where the 3, 5, and 7 comes from? Amar I didn't, know. I didn't know that you needed to know. Was there ever anything that you asked me for that I didn't tell you? I would have told you. Which according to the Pshat, according, it means that he was a a heretic. So Tosfot says that it shouldn't say it should say It shouldn't say uh, that he's a heretic because that wouldn't... Uh, make any sense that he would be uh, quoted by name in the Gemara. Anyway, he asked Rav Yehuda the following question. What do the six of Yom kippurim correspond to? Because we only explained the three, five, and seven. I'm sorry. We can me. According to what do they correspond to? Amar said to him, They correspond to the six people who were standing to the right of Ezra when he read the Torah and the six who were standing to the left. says, that Ezra was standing on the um on the wooden platform that they had made for the purpose of reading the Torah. And <coughs> And uh and then it it tells us the names of the people on and it says Vayamodslow, Matitya, Vishema, Vaanaya, Vuria, Vikilkiya, Umasya. So that's the uh Al Yamino, those were on the right, that's six guys. And then umismolo, Piddayah, Umishael, Umalkiah, Vihusham, Vihashbadana, mishulam and those are also six guys, even though it sounds like seven names. The Gemara will ask that, right? So now the Gemara says, wait a second. <speaking in Hebrew> those are seven. <speaking in Hebrew> There's no vav between Zechaya <speaking in Hebrew> and Mishulam, implying that <in> they're really the same person, Zechaya and Mishulam. Why is he called Mishulam? <speaking in Hebrew>? <speaking in Hebrew> because he was perfect in his actions. He was a great tzaddik. So he's called Zechaya <speaking in Hebrew>. Mishulam. That wasn't an extra name. That was his nickname. So there's six people on either side of Israel when they were reading the Torah. And that was actually right around the time of the high holidays. So it makes sense that they would be, uh, there would be remis to that in the reading of the Torah in Yom HaKippurim. Tanur Avodan, the Rabbi's Torah. Anybody can be counted towards the seven olim of Shabbat, even a child, even a woman. However, the Rabbi said that a woman should not read in the Torah because of the honor of the community. Some people say that that means because Rashi she says. I'm sorry, they, because they say that um, one, one reason that's given that's a lack of respect is because since the men were supposed to be the educated ones. If a woman goes up to read, it implies that the men don't know what they're doing. Others say that it's because they're going to look at the woman and so it, it, they will lower themselves. It's actually a euphemism. It doesn't mean that, uh, it doesn't actually mean that it's uh, but it means that it will be something that will be an embarrassment because it will be looking at the woman inappropriately and that's actually a discredit to the if, uh But in any case, the point is that Really, technically, she could read, but because of some social concern, she is, uh, she is not allowed to do so. By the way, they asked a question Does the maftir count towards the seven oleim of Shabbat? There was a machal between Rav and Rav One says he does count. One says he does count. In other words, the maftir would be the seventh aliyadin if, if he counts, or, or if he's the. If he doesn't count, then he's the eighth. The one that says he counts, says, look, you're reading, so it's the seventh but the one that says it shouldn't count is like, because why does the maftir, the person who's going to read the haftarah, have to read in the Torah, because you don't want to make it, that a person comes up just for reading the Navi, just for reading the Haftarah, it makes it seem equal to the Torah. So rather he has to first read from the Torah and then read from, from the Navi to show that nobody gets called up just for reading the Haftarah. Since it's really just to honor the Torah, it doesn't actually count towards the number of readers and really we should have eight, we should have seven that go up to the Torah and one that's really going up to Haftarah, but he reads from the Torah in order to make it that you're not setting the Haftarah equal to one of the Aliyot Torah. That's the idea. Maybe there is an objection. It says that the person who reads the Haftarah should not read less than twenty one psukim from the from the in the haftua to correspond to the seven aliyot since there have to be three psukim per aliyah of the Torah. And so you have to have twenty-one psukim in the haftarah three for each of the olim that uh, that went up. So, since there's seven oleim, each of which had a minimum of three psukim to read, so you should have um, you should have 21 uh, psukim in the Haftarah as well. Vim Itan, if you're going to count, Maftir also as one of the readers. So, Reisrim that makes it 24 psukim that there should have to be in the Haftarah. But says, Kevadim Again, we'll say, because it's only to honor. In other even if you're going to say that the Maftir. Uh, is an extra ole, and he doesn't count towards the seven. He's number eight. Still, since it's only for kvod toa, we don't have to include an extra three psukim to correspond with the psukim that the maftir reads, because he's only there anyway to honor the Torah. Now, matkifah rava rava reads an objection. What about the haftarah? of olotechem safu. And uh, in that haftarah, teila havyan esrin vechat. We don't have 21 psukim in that Haftarah. And yet, and we still read it. It's different because there the topic ends. If the subject matter ends, there's a conclusion. So that's one unit. In other words, when, we, when it's on running text and we have to make an, a quantitative measurement, we say 21. When it's a, a unit ends, it could be less than 21. Is it true that even, that where the topic doesn't end, we're not allowed to have less than 21 psukim? Rav said many times, I was in front of Rav Yohanan, Afsiku. We, sometimes we could read 10 psukim in the Haftara and he would tell us to stop. Even though the topic wasn't over, so you see that you don't need 21 psukim, it could be 10. Uh-huh. It says It's different when you have a turgaman. When you're translating the haftarah. Because that's only true that you need 21 sukim when there's no translation. But if you're translating, since it will take too long, 21 sukim might be too long. So 10 or 11 sukim is better. So that you don't have such a long haftarah with all the translation. So here says that this is the... Um, this, uh, we base ourselves on this. He says, he says this is why we don't have, uh, you see that they had the option of not having a turgaman, not having a translation, that it was optional, and that's the basis of our that nowadays we don't have a turgaman, even though elsewhere, Tosvot mentions, that they translated the haftarot on certain days, and only on certain holidays they didn't translate the haftarot. As you can see, in a previous Tosvot that, Apparently, they sometimes did translate the Haftarot. It wasn't such a, uh, a simple thing that, uh, that they, that they would, uh, that they never had a translation of the Torah or the Haftarah. So it's very interesting to, to I'm sure it's an interesting historical question. When exactly did the Targum of the Torah fall out of practice? Because it does seem, at least in some of the Tosafot in this Masechet, that there were uh, that they did translate some of the haftarot at least, and maybe some of the parashiyot also. And in fact, I know that in some communities there were customs of translating some haftarot on special occasions. So it's interesting to study the history of that. In any case, the Mishnah says in al shema we don't porosh al shema, which is a very interesting question. What exactly that is. According to Rashi and Tosfot, that means that if if a group of people had already prayed and then they but not with a minyan and then they wanted to pray with the minyan, they would put somebody up to say in shacharit. They would put somebody up to say kaddish baruchu and the first baruchah of kriyat shema that has the kadosh 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 has the kedusha, so they could fulfill that mitzvah of kaddish baruchu and shema and and kedusha uh, It's called. Um, is it, well, it's not really the Kedusha de that's usually what we call the, uh, the one at the, uh, the Zion, but the Kedusha of the Kriyat Shema, the Kedusha that's the seated Kedusha. They could fulfill that. That's what Rashi says it is. And then there's a whole discussion about how many people have to not have prayed. Tosafot brings different opinions. Seven people, uh, six people, three people, or even one person would be enough to justify as long as you have a minyan saying Kaddish and the first Bachav Shema with the Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh in order to, for everyone to fulfill that mitzvah. According to what the geonim that's brought by the, uh, the Ran, the geonim say that no, this isn't talking about, um, people who already prayed and are coming together to get credit for par- part of the Tfilah. It's talking about having a Chazan go up to read the Kriyat Shema Baruchon Kaddish to fulfill the mitzvah of those who can't read it themselves, who don't have a Sidur or whatever, who wants to read it uh for them, to be motzi them, to fulfill the mitzvah for them. So it's not talking about a Bidiyavad case where they already pray, but it's talking about a case even to put him up as Chazan to begin with his Poreh Al Shema. In any case, and we don't put up a shaliach Tibor to repeat the Amidah, and we don't have Berkat Kohanim, we don't read the Torah, and we don't have haftarah. This was the, uh, in the, the funeral practices on the way to bury the dead. They would stop seven times as we do today. It's also a custom today to stop seven times on the way to the burial. And at each point, they would ask everyone to sit down and then they would ask everyone to stand up. They would say, Amodu yekarim, amodu shivu. There's more about that elsewhere in other Gemara that talk about the practices of uh, burial in the times of Chazal. But the point is that they would say, Stand up, dear ones, sit down, and they would have Hespedim, they would have eulogies on the way to the burial. They only do that with at least a minyan. We don't say the Birkat Avelim, which the Gemara will explain exactly what that is. And the uh, and also the Tan Chome Avelim, which is where we make the Shura, we make the rows, uh, of people facing one another for the Avilim to walk in between, and we wish words of consolation to the Avilim. We only do that with a minyan, uberkat chatanim, and also Sheva b'chot, b'shem, and we also don't say Hashem's name in the zimun of b'kat unless we have a minyan. tisha And anytime somebody, uh, uh is makdish, he, he, um, Consecrates his property For the Bet HaMikdash And then he wants to redeem it And they have to assess the value You need nine people Plus one Kohen Ten people And also a person If a person's value Is dedicated to HaKadosh To the to the Bet HaMikdash You need ten people Nine Yisraelim And one Kohen To evaluate it And assess it To release it For redemption the Gemara says, "Minanimili." Where do we get the idea of a minyan? Amar Rabbi Yehi, Amar because the pasuk says, I will be sanctified amidst b'nei Called the Rashi Tusha. Any matter of holiness, law, ye, pochot, me asorak, should not be less than ten people. My mashma do you get that from the pasuk, that it says, bitoch ben Israel, the tane rabbi like rabbi chiyah taught, at ye toch toch, there's a shava of toch toch, the word toch appears in two places, ktivachavin, ktashdib toch ben Israel, it says here, I will be consecrated among ben Israel, I'll be sanctified, uchdiba, and it says, with regard to the with regard to koach, ibaddilu, mi toch aida, it says, separate from this aida, separate from this, uh, community that is evil. So you see, toch means amidst a community. And we take the word Ada and learn how much is a community from the azot. How long will this bad group speak this way? Just like over there is ten, over here is ten. In other words, the idea is that the, uh, the, uh, uh, the ten people who are... Uh, um, th- this was actually this is actually the the uh, pasuk from the case of the uh, uh, of the the Jews when they demanded meat. So it's saying the uh, not the Marglim, when they demanded meat. So it's saying that, that that's the complaint for meat. So it says the edah over there just like edah is speaking of ten when it speaks of the the case of the Marglim, So too when it's uh, when it says. um, and she explains how long will this bad uh, community uh, re- rebel against me see the pasuk that is quoted in the uh, Gemara here now, so one second I, I got confused a little bit about the pasukim so the first pasuk of the Gemara that's quoted that it, that's quoted in the beginning that's talking about the case of uh, is talking later on in the case of Koach. The second pasuk in is is from the case of the Maraglim. That's what it is. Not the case of the meat, but the case of the uh, the case of the Maraglim is the second one. The first one is in Koach. Its its chronological order is out of uh, out of order. So I got a little bit confused. So the point is, he is saying mitoch means from the midst of the community. When it says Ad that's talking about the Maragli, and there we know it's ten because Kalev and Yosho were not counted, so that makes a total of ten. Of course, there's a whole question why we use this example, the example of a uh, of ten people who are bad. But the point is that ten is called a community. Betoch is in the midst of a community, and we see from the Gzera Shavah Toch Toch that Hashem is sanctified amidst B'nai Israel. Toch is an Eida from the midst of an Eida, and Eida is defined, a community is defined, by the Meraglim, which is 10 people. We don't make the stopping on the way to a burial with less than 10 people. Okay. Since we have to say, stand up, dear one, stand up, Sit, dear one, sit, because that was the process that they did, but it's not respectful, it's not appropriate to say that to less than 10 people. You need a group to address them in that way. This was something that was done in the street. Um The Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, as Rabbi Yitzchak said, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Berakat Avilim Basara. We do that uh, with uh, with a minyan only. The Avilim in a minyan, the Avilim don't count towards the minyan. The mourners don't count towards the minyan. Berakat um, uh, Chatanim Basara. Khatanim. in a minyan. The the Chatanim, the Berakat Khatanim is with ten people, and uh, and the Khatanim do count. Towards the minyan. So, what is the brakat avilim? Basically, according to the way that uh, Rashi explains, they, it was a blessing that they would give to the um, to the avilim they, when they would gather in the street to uh, to console them. That the avilim would actually bless the people who had come to. Uh, console them, and the c- people coming to console would bless the Avelim, and since they say a different blessing towards each other, the, the Minachamim, the consoling people are saying things, something to the avilim. the Avelim is sending something back to the people consoling, so therefore the avilim are not counted as part of the Minyan, whereas Birkat ber- Chatanim, they're all together, celebrating together the Sheva B'chot, so therefore they count, the Bechatan also will count towards the Minyan in that case. We don't say with uh, Hashem's name less than 10 people. Since we're going to say the name of Hashem, let us bless the name of Hashem. And we say the name of Hashem. Less than 10 people is not appropriate. It's not sufficient respect to Hashem's name to invoke his name. It says that we need nine people plus the Kohen. In order to evaluate property and assess it for redemption. Because it says Kohen ten times in the parasha. uh, When it's describing the uh, redemption of property at the end of the book of Vayikor. When it describes the redemption of property that has been consecrated. Um, It describes the assessment of the Kohen The first one is to tell you that you need one Kohen And then we have A limiter after a limiter When it comes to Instead of being a limiter It becomes an expander In other words, if it just said Kohen once You would think you only needed a Kohen But because you have all these other mentions of Kohen, Kohen, Kohen It actually comes to expand the category to anybody Which gives you nine Yisraelim and one Kohen. Why don't we say this? First mention of Kohen is for a Kohen. Second one is for anybody. Third one is for a Kohen again. Fourth one is for anybody. And then you'll have five Kohanim and five Yisraelim. Kasha, we don't know why they didn't decide to learn the Pasuk that way. A person is the same. What do you mean? You can't give a person to Hakdesh, if a person says, or Damayalai, if a person says, My monetary value is upon me, that person consecrates himself, his own market value to the Betamakdash. We measure him like as a slave and say, How much would he fetch on the market as a slave? And that is his monetary value that he has to give, right? And if, so we have to have him assessed. And we know that in, a slave is compared to Real property is prepared to real estate. Because it says you pass them on to your children after you as an inheritance. So you see that avadim uh, and real estate are considered the same property, are considered the same. And therefore you have just like an assessment of real property, of land that has been consecrated to the Beth HaMakdash. has to be done by 10 people, 9 Yisraelim and 1 Kohen. So is true with the assessment of a person who uh, declares that he's going to give his monetary value to the Beit HaMikdash, that the assessment of how much that's going to be has to be done by nine Yisraelim and one Kohen.